Welcome, campers. Settle in tight, for tonight you're in for a fright. Welcome, campers, to Friday Night Fright. That's the one. <laughs> we're your hosts. I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. Nailed it. Uh, Ryan, you're under the weather. Yeah, just partially. Yeah, just partially. <laughs> I'd say the weather is fully over you at the moment. <sighs> well, you know, it's that COVID monster. Yeah, I have to say, I applaud you. You know, dedication. We don't miss episodes around here. <laughs> so all the other episodes out there. It's true. <laughs> okay. You ready for some spooky tales? Yeah, I, mean, I think so. This is, we're, on the day this releases, we're two days from October 1st. We're so close to actual, I mean, I feel like this year everyone has just decided September and October are spooky season. Yeah. Like I mean, people dove it, right in first of September. Also, until like pretty much Thanksgiving hits and then it's Christmas season. Mm-hmm. Like it's pretty much spooky season up till then. Yeah, you think so? Yeah. I don't. I don't know, man. After Halloween, I'm kind of done with really? it. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I like the holiday season though. I li- I like Thanksgiving and Christmas. I mean, I I like, like Thanksgiving and Christmas as well, but you know. That's about all I got to say. Um, I mean, yeah, I I think like I mean, instead of like keeping you know all the decorations up all the time, maybe take some of them down. Yeah, Not for November. Them, <laughs> <laughs> At least get rid of your rotting jack o' lanterns. I mean, or you just don't carve them, and then they turn into Thanksgiving jack o' lanterns, non jack o' lantern e pumpkins. <laughs> you can just add like a couple squashes and. Yeah, put like a turkey feather Sorry. on it, and then boom, you're done. <laughs> Fucking turkey feather. <laughs> you could basically just call it a gourd at that point. That's true. A pumpkin, a pumpkin is a gourd. Exactly. Especially in November. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's get into the uh, spooky season here. This is um, the first of five Friday Night Frights in a row oh, that we're going to be doing. Yep. <sighs> Every single Friday from now until the beginning of November. Prepare at some point before November hits for these episodes to just become super raw (laughs) for how much I don't want to edit. That's fair. That's totally fair. they'll, They'll be edited, but I can still bitch about it as I go through it. So you will, you'll, you'll note that our stories have very distinct Halloween themes. Yes. Throughout the whole month. Yes. I'm super hyped for that. It's 
we've kind of gone all over the place with these so far. <laughs> we really have. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they've been they've been kind of everywhere. But for the month of October and this pre couple days before October, um, yeah, you can expect Halloween themed stories. Yep, about anything so related is- to Halloween. So. That's true. There's they might a still be everywhere, <laughs> but there's still going to be that setting behind it that's going to take place around Halloween. Yeah, exactly. And that's what matters, people. I think of like, like um, the movie Halloween, right? The first yeah. Michael Myers movie, right? That the opening scene where they're panning across the sidewalk and there are just leaves blowing down the sidewalk. Yeah, you know. Yeah. That's always what I think of when I think like creepy Halloween. I love that's like the perfect setting. Like my goal one day is to live in one of those like beautiful like beautiful towns where the leaves are perfectly colored. Everybody like decorates for Halloween, and it's like one of those like you know a terrible like terrifying Halloween movie should take place there because yeah. of how much people go out like all out. That's my goal. Somewhere, wherever I live, that is near the ocean and near mountains. I think you want New England. I want to be. See, it goes back and forth. I think you want New England. I mean, that's that's where all of that is exactly. Yeah, you you can find all those things in New England. That's true. That's very true. But then I can also find feet, several feet of snow, and I don't want that. Yeah, I mean, depends on where you go. You could go coastal, like you could go like. Virginia. That's like the line between New England and the South. Kind of. I mean, DC is literally right on the border of Virginia. Yeah, but I don't really consider that as New England. DC? I consider more of this, you know, no, that northeastern, like Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, places I mean, like that. Vermont's right there. <laughs> Vermont's right there, too. Well, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Virginia's the border between New England and the South. Yeah. I, mean, I just feel New like England above the South Pole. Virginia is more of a cop out. You think so? Yeah. Sorry to all of our Vir- Virginians, <laughs> but you're still Jonathan Dottie's coming for you. <laughs> 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 no, um, you're you're totally you're totally allowed to rip West Virginia or not West Virginia. You're totally you're totally allowed to rip Virginia apart. I went on a tirade about Connecticut and. Yeah, in some and they gave you all of the reasons why Connecticut is a great place to live. Yeah, there's yeah. still more. I can even pull up some more reasons. I admitted, okay, I don't need more reasons. What did they I call admitted, their? What did they call their people? I don't know. Can I, I want to? I can't remember at this point. It was I like, say like it's con- Connecticutarians. That's what I'm yeah, calling but them. That was, was like a that was like slang for it. Oh, yeah. They were like doozers or something. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, it, it's been a minute. So I wasn't listening that hard. <laughs> it's in one of these episodes we, we've released or are going to be releasing. So if you haven't heard it yet, be on the lookout for it. Yeah. I think it might actually be in the episode coming out on Tuesday. I'm just saying, like, New England, even Southern New England, has all those things. Now, Northern New England, where you're talking about, like, Maine. Yeah. That area. You have to drive quite a ways to find a mountain. I mean, you know, give or take some. 
Southern really New England, like to, you can drive an hour into the Appalachians. Yeah, but I would really like to live like somewhere like Massachusetts. Oh yeah, yeah. I've been looking a lot at Pennsylvania hmm. recently. The Sylvanias, yeah, similar to Transylvania. <laughs> exactly. I heard they That's have the a lot appeal. of empires there. <laughs> That's my whole appeal. In the Pennsylvania, for a, <clears throat> I think you're right. Your appeal is vampires. <laughs> what what draws me to Pennsylvania is that it sounds That's like Transylvania. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It is undeniably a Sylvania. Yeah. They should just rename Indiana to An- Indiana Sylvania. And I bet we'll get a lot more people. Dude, it happened to me again today. Okay. I was listening <laughs> to some. Dude, no one ever talks about Indiana. Oh. It fucking drives me nuts. I mean, I know this state sucks, but like, it's. Some some dude on a podcast was listing states and literally listed every state around us without listing Indiana. Yeah. Always. They're like Ohio, Kentucky, Michigan, Illinois, even Iowa. I and feel I'm like, like we might have left one out. No, I don't think so. <laughs> no, I think that's all of them. <laughs> Ohio borders right up to Illinois, right? <laughs> Jesus. Just that empty space in between is just like where you cross over to get to the other state. Yeah, exactly. You just drive through fucking 400 miles. That's all. I mean, that's, it, that's not bad. I I feel like that's what happened all those years when like bands, because you and I both grew up with, where bands would tour. They would go on national yeah, tours and they would go fucking Indiana. everywhere. Everywhere except Indiana. Yeah. I think they just forgot it existed. When they were booking the tour. I mean, I like to pretend it doesn't exist as well. <laughs> yeah. Same. <laughs> so yeah, Same. yeah, yesterday I went on this rabbit hole as I was doing some other shit. Um, of looking up Port Angeles, Washington. And now that's where I also want to live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their port is so beautiful. Like, yeah. I saw, like, this picture of it in the rain. It, like, I mean, it was probably late afternoon but it was kind of darker and stuff and like the port sign is all lit up and it just looks like everything i could ever want yeah that sounds beautiful yeah and surrounded by mountains does that happen to you a lot where you like look a place up and you're like oh this is where i want to live now yeah unfortunately (laughs) yeah because i live in indiana so right so i live vicariously through youtube yep I have the exact same. Dude, I have like full Zillow binges. Yeah. Oh, same. Same. Yeah. Yeah. Just, ah, what would my life be like if I lived here? Yep. For a while, I was obsessed with Blaine, Washington. Blaine, Washington. It's like a port. It's like a port town right on the Canadian border. Ah, okay. Like half of it's in Washington and half of it's in Canada. Nice. Vancouver, I believe. Yeah, Port Angeles is just like, you can take the ferry to get it right across to Victoria. Yep. Which is, which is nice. But I got so obsessed that I started like looking up restaurants in the town. <laughs> yeah. And like, oh, I, I do that know, too. Yep. Going and full like, fantasy. How much would like a house be? All right. I yep. can't afford that. How much would an apartment be? Like, yeah. Do they have any sale on contract houses that need. <laughs> That need shitloads of work. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. That's any, the thing is like those places Indiana's, are so expensive. Yeah, I mean because we're we're accustomed to Indiana's cost of living, which is right. like on par with West Virginia and Mississippi and like some of the lowest some of the lowest like minimum wage, some of the lowest paid West people Virginia. in various professions. Yeah. Mountain Mama. <laughs> Take me home. I can't not finish that. I'm glad. <laughs> Country roads. Yep. Um, but yeah, we have some of the like, like if you look up average pay for teachers, average pay for doctors, average pay for lawyers, like it's, we're like lowest in the country. We're right in that bottom tier for every profession. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's unfortunate, but that's why Indiana gets overlooked so often. Yeah. That's part of it. What do we have to offer? Nothing. I mean, we grow the corn that feeds every pretty much all the livestock of the entire west that's all those all those ranches and you know where you get all your cows for your burgers and steaks they live off the corn that we They know indiana at least yeah but not the people that matter yeah (laughs) i mean now we've offended virginians and ranchers (laughs) (laughs) this is gonna be the episode where we just don't you know care yeah perfect <laughs> it is crazy though when you like look at wages in in indiana oh, yeah, without a doubt it's wild like i know i know vet techs who make like 13 dollars an hour that's insane yeah it's wild like there should not be any starting in my opinion no starting salary or hourly wage that should be below 15 dollars I mean, and I think even that's low with the national wage average going up this year. What was it by like 3% or something, whatever it was? Yeah. I mean, like every place should be changing to accommodate that. Yeah. They won't though. They won't. Right. (laughs) Yeah. They won't at all. It's just crazy. Like, yeah. And the disparity has just gotten bigger since we've, you know, in our lifetimes, it's just, the gap is getting further and further. Yeah, but yeah, I used to I used to like to look at people living in like, you know, because growing up, of course, idolizing musicians, it was all like this one lives in L.A., that one lives in Seattle, this one lives in Nashville, like, you know what I mean? All these like major music cities. And I used to look at people living in those places and go like, well, that's like a little bit, a little bit fancier yeah, or a little bit more expensive. You know what I mean? Like noticeably more expensive. Right. But now it's like, I might as well be looking at like a sultan. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's so fucking crazy. Yeah. I, like, I went in my, like, in my early 20s, I was obsessed with all these, like, comedians would move out to LA and they would live in Silver Lake. That was like the spot that they would all go when they first got there and do the, like, 10 guys sharing a two room, two bedroom apartment. I mean, that's how they made and it people work. People like, exactly. But, so I got into like looking at how much does that cost, right? Three and I remember, I well, I remember looking at apartments in Silver Lake in L.A. in like two thousand nine, two thousand ten, that time period, and it being like thirteen hundred a month. And I'm like, holy shit, that's crazy for a two bedroom apartment, thirteen hundred a month. That's I mean, and now that's that's even yeah. normal around here now. And now those same places in Silver Lake are like four, five, and six thousand dollars a month. Yeah, cost. I mean, 
cost of living <laughs> has gone up just tremendously and it's uh it's it's stupid like yeah it's <sighs> scary is what it is it is, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah like I, I i think back like all the time like and i i of course like yeah i I love I love like eighties, nineties movies and stuff like that. And I'm like I mean, granted, yeah, we're we were living through the nineties and growing up into our teenager teenage selves, whatever. Yeah, we once, were kiddos. Once in the we 90s. were hitting like two thousand, whatever. But yeah. Like I think of especially like the eighties. I'm just like, man, imagine being like a teenager back then and like just looking just, just looking at every like how cheap everything was like yeah how much shit there was always to do yeah like i mean you know i i'm obsessed with technology like you know that's a that's a known thing but at the same time i like to like flirt and romanticize the idea of like no technology like not having to have that as a constant thing you know grabbing your buds and going down to the local arcade and getting lost for hours like yeah yeah. We, I don't know, even when we were kids, like, my parents moved constantly when I was growing up. So, like, I, w- I was always aware of, of rental prices, because they were constantly talking about it. Right, right? of course. And, I, I mean, I remember the first time one of them was like, this place is 400 a month. And them going like, oh, holy shit, that's so much. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I would fucking kill for $400 a month oh, yeah. right now. I literally might kill someone for that <laughs> monthly price. He's only joking. If of anybody course. out there is listening, it's only a joke. It's not when meant I said, to be taken literally. When I said literally, I meant figuratively. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Just incorrect wording. Don't worry. Don't worry. Hey, um, All right. But seriously, it like <laughs> blows my mind. It prices are so crazy. And yeah. I, every time we talk, I end up bitching about this. I know, but it's like a constant. I'm just astonished. If you haven't heard this, how, all this conversation, go and join our Patreon because we talk about it a lot. Yeah, it's true. I can't help but talk about it. I just like, I never more have I felt like I'm just sitting back watching an entire population get fucked over. Yeah. That's, that's all it is. Oh, agreed. Agreed. It's ridiculous. You know, it's, it's unfortunate for sure. Fucking houses that appraised for a hundred thousand and 2018 are now worth 400,000. Yep. It's absurd. Absurd. Highway robbery, I say. It is. <laughs> Off with their heads. All right, I'm kidding. Figuratively. I'm not, I'm figuratively. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get into some stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm done bitching. Ah, spooky season. Keep it. Yeah, let's keep it fun. Yeah. Keep it fun and spooky. That's what I meant yeah yeah totes all right you ready for fun and spooky yeah because here we go okay let's do it cue the spooky music oh wait that's wrong this story is entitled the carnival's grasp a haunting halloween horror with a title like that you know it's gonna be good yeah exactly so sit back relax turn off all the lights Relax. <laughs> Ready. Ready. The carnival's grasp. And that's not like a southern accent. It's not the carnival. <laughs> carnival. It's 
capital C-A-R-N, capital E-V-I-L. That's capital E for evil. That's right. The chill of autumn had descended upon the sleepy town of Ravensbrook. I think I've written, I think AI has written about Ravensbrook before. Either you had one or I had one. Yeah. It was it was in Ravensbrook. It seems to be ChatGPT's go-to spooky town. I like the I like it. Yeah, I, it's fine. It should just be it's like an goosebumps. ongoing thing, like uh, like Gone Ghostin. Yeah, it's very Goosebumps town name. Yeah. You know what I mean? I like it. Yeah. Okay. Casting a spectral veil over the landscape, the moon hung low in the sky its pale light cascading through the twisted branches of gnarled trees. Halloween was fast approaching, and with it came the annual carnival that had long been a macabre tradition in the town. Yet this year's carnival held something far more sinister than the usual array of frightening attractions. How badass would it be to have a Halloween carnival in your town? That would be so cool. That's... I mean, our the town we grew up in loved carnivals, but they ne- we never had a Halloween one. Yeah. It would be sweet. Right. Uh, they're doing it wrong. They are. Three teenagers, friends since childhood, gathered at the edge of town on that ominous night. On that ottoman. That's right. Tiny teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> or a very large ottoman. It could be. (laughs) You never know. Okay. Jamie, a fearless daredevil with unruly black hair and a penchant for trouble, led the way. Beside him walked Emily, the rational thinker of the group, with her piercing green eyes and fiery red hair. Completing the trio was Alex, the introverted bookworm, whose glasses perched precariously on the bridge of his nose. It's kind of a diverse group. And oddly stereotypical at the same time. Right? That's true. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is giving goosebumps. Yeah, it is. For sure. The rumors that had been circulating about this year's carnival were impossible to ignore. Whispers in the shadows spoke of a haunted house attraction like no other. One that promised to plunge visitors into the darkest depths of their nightmares. Though skepticism swirled within them, curiosity got the better of the trio, and they embarked on their ill-fated journey. A little foreshadowing there. A little heavy-handed foreshadowing. (laughs) (laughs) The carnival grounds loomed ahead, bathed in the eerie glow of flickering lanterns and the distant hum of unsettling music. The air was thick with a sense of foreboding, as though the very earth knew the horrors that awaited. Jamie, always eager to prove his mettle, led the group toward the entrance of the sinister attraction, which bore a sign that simply read, The Haunting Carnival. A sinister-looking ticket vendor with a twisted grin greeted them, his eyes shadowed by the brim of his hat. Jamie purchased three tickets, each one more expensive than the last. Why? don't know (laughs) that's such an odd like an odd thing to happen it is (laughs) i'm gonna buy three tickets make sure they're all different prices please (laughs) 
That is very strange. I don't think that's that's normal. <laughs> Such a random fact to throw in there. It's like, a terrible sales tactic, honestly. <laughs> buy more, it'll cost you more. Right. You yeah. normally buy more and save, right? Exactly. <laughs> right? Five a piece or three for twelve. Exactly. Yeah. Not five a piece or three, three for, for 20. twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And the trio ventured further into the depths of the carnival, drawn by the dark allure of the haunted house. They passed grotesque carnival games with prizes that seemed to have been plucked from a nightmare. Stuffed animals with fanged grins leered at them from their perches. Carnival goers wandered by in eerie masks, their hushed conversations sounding like incantations. Emily couldn't help but shiver as they pressed on, a sinking feeling settling in her gut. As they reached the entrance of the haunted house, the night air turned impossibly colder. An unsettling fog enveloped the pathway, obscuring their vision. Jamie forged ahead, determined to be the first to face whatever horrors lay within. He pushed open the creaking wooden doors, revealing a dimly lit foyer adorned with macabre artwork and ancient relics. The three friends entered cautiously, their footsteps echoing ominously on the cold stone floor. The air was thick with a putrid scent, a combination of decay and dampness that clung to their senses. It was as though they had stepped into a tomb. As they explored the darkened corridors, strange and unsettling things began to happen. Portraits on the walls twisted and contorted, their subjects weeping blood from hollow eyes. The floor seemed to shift beneath their feet, making it impossible to keep their balance, and the distant echoes of eerie laughter seemed to follow them, a haunting soundtrack to their descent into madness. I'm ready. Alex's anxiety grew with every step, and Emily's skepticism waned in the face of such overwhelming dread. They called out to Jamie, urging him to turn back, but their pleas fell on deaf ears. Jamie had always been the bravest of them all, and he was determined to prove that nothing could shake him. They continued deeper into the haunted house, their surroundings becoming more grotesque with every turn. They encountered rooms that defied the laws of physics, a never-ending hallway of distorted mirrors that left them disoriented and terrified, and a chamber filled with life-size puppets that moved with a grotesque semblance of life. Then, in a room shrouded in darkness they came across a sinister figure. A tall, gaunt man in tattered clothes stood at the center of the room, his face obscured by a hooded cloak. He held a flickering lantern that cast eerie shadows on the walls. His voice, when he finally spoke, was a raspy whisper that sent shivers down their spines. Welcome, brave souls, he intoned. You have entered the heart of your darkest fears. But remember, there is no turning back now. Jamie, emboldened by the adrenaline coursing through his veins, stepped forward, determined to confront whatever terror awaited. The hooded figure beckoned him closer, his lantern casting an eerie glow on Jamie's face. With a sudden swift movement, the hooded figure plunged a dagger into Jamie's chest. Jesus! <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> Ha <laughs> <laughs>
that escalated quickly. Holy shit. Extremely quickly. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, <laughs> time's up, boy. He's like, I'm ready. Stabbed. <laughs> <sighs> okay. The world spun in a blur of pain and horror as Jamie fell to the ground. Blood pouring from his wound. Emily and Alex screamed in terror, paralyzed by the gruesome sight. The hooded figure's maniacal laughter filled the room as Jamie's lifeless eyes stared into the abyss. The nightmare had only just begun, and the haunted house had claimed its first victim. Emily and Alex stood in petrified silence, their minds struggling to process the horrifying scene before them. Jamie's lifeless body lay sprawled on the cold, stone floor, surrounded by the eerie glow of the hooded figure's lantern. His blood seeped into the cracks between the stones, forming a grotesque mosaic that seemed to writhe in the dim light. The hooded figure turned toward Emily and Alex, his tattered cloak rustling with a sinister grace. His skeletal hand extended, pointing a bony finger in their direction. Two more to go, he hissed, his voice like a cacophony of tortured souls. Tears welled up in Emily's eyes as she clung to Alex, her fear threatening to consume her. The room they were in felt like a prison, the walls closing in on them, as though they were living entities. The walls, I think, not them. I believe they probably are living entities. I would think so. Terrible modifiers there, uh, chat GPT. <laughs> Each <laughs> ticket more expensive than the other. <laughs> <laughs> Every breath was a struggle, and the air was thick with a palpable malevolence. We have to get out of here. Alex whispered, his voice trembling with dread. But escape seemed impossible. The exit they had entered through had vanished, replaced by a solid wall of impenetrable darkness. Panic gnawed at their resolve as they realized they were trapped in this nightmarish labyrinth of the haunted house. The hooded figure's lantern dimmed, casting their surroundings into an even deeper abyss. He advanced toward them, his footsteps echoing with a haunting rhythm. The carnival feeds on fear, and your fear will be its sustenance, he croaked, his grin hidden beneath the hood. With no other option, Emily and Alex fled deeper into the haunted house, hoping to find a way out before they suffered the same fate as Jamie. But the twisting corridors and shifting walls seemed intent on keeping them captive, Nightmarish illusions and horrors lurked around every corner, distorting their perception of reality. They entered a room filled with grotesque masks hanging from the ceiling. Hey, ChatGPT, chill it with the grotesque. We get it. Everything's grotesque. It's gotta stop. I mean, I think ChatGPT really only knows how to describe a few things. It knows how to really describe them. It... That's the only thing that really bothers me about these stories. Like, everything else is like, yeah, it's, you know, it's whatever. But, like, I hate when it gets hooked on one fucking adjective. I know, I know. It drives me nuts. Like, gnarled trees. And yeah. At least the trees weren't some, grotesque. 
(laughs) (laughs) That's true. The masks seem to whisper sinister secrets, their voices burrowing into their minds like worms of madness. Getting a little HP Lovecrafty. I like it. Alex staggered back, clutching his head, unable to withstand the onslaught of paranoia and terror. Emily desperately tried to pull him away from the room, but the masks seemed to come to life, their grotesque features contorting into cruel smiles. They reached out with elongated skeletal hands, their fingers ending in razor-sharp claws. With a horrifying shriek, the masks lunged at them, tearing into their flesh. Blood sprayed across the room as Emily and Alex fought for their lives, their screams of agony blending with the chilling laughter of the hooded figure. The room became a hellish nightmare, a cacophony of pain and despair. But as quickly as it had begun, the assault of the masks ceased. Emily and Alex, battered and bloodied, found themselves standing in a different room. The masks retreating into the shadows as though they were never there. The hooded figure watched with a twisted sense of amusement. You are closer to the heart of your fears, he whispered, his voice a sinister melody. But there is still one more trial to endure. The room they now stood in was adorned with mirrors, but these mirrors were not like the ones before. These mirrors reflected not their physical appearance, but their innermost fears and insecurities. Emily saw herself alone, abandoned by her friends and family, while Alex saw himself drowning in a sea of unread books. (laughs) What a fucking loser. His glasses sinking beneath the waves. All these books I've never gotten to read. Oh my god. (laughs) Oh, that's so lame. (laughs) I think Alex here wins the award for most one-dimensional character ChatGPT has ever created. (laughs) Holy shit. All those unread books. (laughs) That's right. His greatest fear. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. I'm tearing up. You're welcome. The hooded figure watched as they grappled with their deepest fears, their reflections contorting and twisting in grotesque ways. Emily's eyes filled with tears as she saw herself screaming for help, her voice unheard by those she loved. Here we go. You ready? Alex's hands trembled as he reached out for the books only to have them slip through his fingers like water. <clears throat> no, not my books. Not my books. <sighs> I will always love you. If I'm not reading, why do I need these glasses? <laughs> There's no reason to be <laughs> alive anymore. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> all these pages i will never get to read the words so elegantly printed on them (sighs) alex you should just run into one of those swords bud (laughs) (laughs) i mean (laughs) i love books too but fuck me your greatest fear (laughs) come on He's like, if, you, if you've got a problem like that, there's actually something else wrong with you. Yeah. Yeah. 
he's like 14. You're telling me that's a bigger fear of his than like his mom dying. Right. Or like, I don't know, a billion other things that are way scarier oh, yeah. than not being able I to read all lot, the books. A lot more things I was focused on at 14 years old. Imagine if you're like, okay, you're a teenager, right? You're uh, you meet up, you, you meet up with your gal. Okay. Right. It's, you know, it's uh backseat cuddle times, right? You're just like, <laughs> you're chilling out, right? And you're right. in that moment, right? Where you like share your hopes and dreams with each other, right? Oh, I thought, it, I thought it was about to get hot and heavy. I mean, this is after that, right? Oh, okay. Like, yeah. You know, where you're, you're all wrapped up, right? And you're, you're having that talk. Yeah. That, that close talk, right? Right. Imagine you're a teenage boy. You're in that position. Okay. And your lady says, Ryan, what, what did she say? What, what scares you more than anything? The and thought of losing all my books. <laughs> you fucking, <laughs> you turn to her. This woman, this young lady that you've spent months wooing, right? And you say to her, Darla, her name's Darla. Hmm. What really Dear scares Darla, me. I hate your stinking guts. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> what scares me more than anything in the world, and I've never shared this with anyone, but <laughs> I'm terrified deep down of the thought that I won't be able to read all the books. Now imagine, Just, does that girl ever go in your back seat again? Just all those thousands of pages longing yeah. to be read. Just going on read. It's, it's terrible. Terrible. If that girl has any self-respect, she's going to lose your phone number that she's night. She's never going to give him the milk again, that's for sure. Jesus. Fucking Alex. Alex is going to be a virgin forever. <laughs> At least they waited until afterward to tell her. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Well, imagine, imagine like that's like an opening like, line on a first date or you know he's like mid inside and she's like look <laughs> at me tell me tell me what you love the most and he's like books books <laughs> <laughs> she's like the fuck <laughs> He just starts listing off title after title yeah. with each thrust. <laughs> Great gets me, yes. It's oh, <laughs> oh, so dumb. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> this is the, this is coming in close miles ahead of one of your last worst ones. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Man, Alex is a fucking or idiot. Or it's the best. I don't really know. I haven't decided yet. Actually, yeah, we're getting there. You, you have you oh. have a little time. Okay. Whew. Yeah, I'm ready. You ready. As the mirrors continued to torment them, the hooded figure's laughter grew louder, a maddening cacophony that reverberated through the room. Face your fears, for they are the key to your salvation, he taunted, his voice a tormenting whisper. 
With newfound determination, Emily and Alex forced themselves to confront their fears head-on. Emily turned away from the mirror, refusing to be consumed by her loneliness. That's the opposite of facing your fear. She turns away from it? Yeah. Oh my god. While Alex let go of the books, realizing that knowledge alone could not save him. As they conquered their fears, the room seemed to shift and twist, the mirrors shattering into a thousand fragments. The hooded figure's laughter faded into a haunting sigh, and he gestured toward a doorway that had appeared where the mirrors once stood. You have passed the second trial, he intoned, his hooded gaze fixed upon them. But the carnival demands one more sacrifice. Emily and Alex hesitated, but they knew there was no turning back. With trepidation, they stepped through the doorway, their hearts heavy with the knowledge that only one of them might escape the haunted house alive. (laughs) Kill fucking Alex. He's a loser. They emerged from the room of shattered mirrors into a corridor that seemed to stretch endlessly into darkness. The air was heavy with an oppressive silence, and an unsettling stillness hung over them like a shroud. They walked forward, their steps echoing ominously in the empty expanse. As they moved deeper into the haunted house, they came upon a chamber bathed in a blood-red glow. In its center stood a colossal, grotesque, carousel. It was unlike any carousel they had ever seen. The horses were twisted abominations, their eyes glinting with malice, their teeth bared in sinister grins. Now this I like. I like a nasty carousel in the middle of this fucking haunted maze. That's a cool idea. Yeah. It like opens up and like TARDIS level side, like you would never guess there was this much space inside of it. And like, yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I'm into it. The room was suffused with a disorienting sense of deja vu. Emily and Alex could swear they had been here before, riding this nightmare carousel. But the memories were foggy and fragmented, as if they were trapped in a nightmarish loop. We can't stay here, Emily urged, her voice quivering with dread. We have to find a way out. But the carousel had other plans. The carousel is going to now take all the books. <laughs> oh my god. Like, <laughs> I just love the carousel's alive now. The carousel's right, the making carousel's plans. The carousel's got plans. Yeah, it does. It has hopes and dreams too, all right? When it's in the back seat with a lady carousel, <laughs> nothing comes between me and my plans. That's right. It began to spin of its own accord the grotesque horses creaking and groaning as they rotated. Emily and Alex tried to move away, but an invisible force held them in place, forcing them to step on to the carousel. As it picked up speed, the world around them blurred into a dizzying frenzy. The nightmarish horses seemed to come to life, their snarls and growls filling the chamber. Emily and Alex clung to the carousel's poles, their hearts pounding in their chest as they were trapped in this horrific ride. Around and around they went, their minds spinning with terror. The carousel seemed to feed on their fear, amplifying it until it threatened to consume them. Emily's vision swam with visions of her deepest fears, abandonment, loneliness, and helplessness. 
Any guess at what's going through Alex's head? He's probably worrying about his books. A risky guess. Let's see. While Alex's thoughts were haunted by a relentless barrage of unread books and the feeling of suffocation. Nuh-uh. Yeah. Really? That's so good. A relentless barrage of unread books. (laughs) What? Wow, my wife is uh, my wife I is going Chat GPT on dude, this one. My wife is going to relate to this story more than any story I've ever told. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The carousel showed no mercy, driving them deeper into madness with every rotation. It felt as though they had been trapped in this nightmarish loop for an eternity, their sanity slipping through their fingers like grains of sand. You know, another applaud for ChatGPT because they could have easily reused the water yeah. going through your fingers, and they went with grains of sand this time. I like That's that. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. Mix it up. Just like they, a bit of variety. Exactly. Exactly. Just when they thought they couldn't endure any longer, the carousel came to an abrupt halt. Emily and Alex were thrown to the ground, gasping for breath and drenched in cold sweat. The room was no longer bathed in red light. It had returned to the oppressive darkness that had become all too familiar. As they struggled to their feet, a ghastly figure emerged from the shadows. It was Jamie, or what was left of him. His once Stabbed Jamie? Yeah. He's fucking Man. back. He's made his comeback. I like it. His once lively eyes were now hollow and soulless. His body twisted and contorted, as if it had been subjected to unspeakable horrors. Jamie? Emily whispered, her voice trembling. But the creature that had once been their friend only hissed, its movements jerky and unnatural. It lunged at them, its gnarled fingers reaching for their throats. Emily and Alex fought back, their survival instinct kicking in. With a burst of strength, they managed to push the abomination away and fled down a corridor that led deeper into the haunted house. The air grew colder, and the oppressive darkness seemed to close in on them as they raced through the twisting passages. They stumbled into a chamber that was unlike any that they had seen before. It was filled with grotesque wax figures, each one a macabre representation of a person they knew friends, family, and even themselves. The figures seemed to pulsate with malevolent energy, and their eyes followed Emily and Alex as they moved through the room. Then, they heard it. The ominous sound of the carousel starting up again, its creaking and groaning echoing through the chamber. The realization struck them like a sledgehammer. There was no escape, no way out of this nightmarish carnival. Desperation drove them to confront the wax figures, hoping to find a way to break the carnival's malevolent hold on them. They reached out and touched one of the figures, and in an instant, it came to life. It grabbed Alex, its grip like iron, and began to pull him into its grotesque form. Emily screamed and fought to free her friend, but the wax figure's grip was unrelenting. It slowly absorbed Alex his agonized screams fading into a sickening gurgle 
as he was consumed by the malevolent creation. That's a pretty cool kill. Yeah. I like it. It's a lot better than... What was Jamie? Yeah. Getting stabbed? <laughs> Just fucking dagger. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I wish Alex would have gotten killed by a book. <laughs> <laughs> well, the wax figure he reached out to touch was the local librarian. <laughs> Excellent. Emily watched in horror as her friend was devoured by the wax figure. Tears streamed down her face as she realized that she was utterly alone. Trapped in this nightmarish carnival with no hope of escape. Aw, oh, shit. Her biggest fear. Alone. Mm. Now she's living it. All right. Heck yeah. The room was plunged into darkness, and the haunting laughter of the hooded figure echoed in the distance. Emily knew that her fate was sealed, and that she would become another grotesque creation in this carnival of horrors. As the darkness enveloped her, Emily whispered a final desperate plea for release from this nightmarish nightmare. Nightmarish nightmare, yeah. But the carnival remained silent, its malevolence eternal. Due to the nightmarish nightmare. The haunting carnival had claimed its final victim leaving only echoes of terror in its wake. The end. And it's a nightmarish nightmare. Yeah. That's what your story should have been called. <laughs> right? Carnival, the nightmarish nightmare. <laughs> That's right. Well, that had some high points. Yeah. It, it ended it's... on <laughs> a terrible point. I mean, they killed the book nerd. In a really cool way. Alex died. That was a cool kill. Emily sucked. What, she was just alone now, so she got sad and died in the shadows? Apparently. I kind of liked the way they killed Jamie, because it was, like, right at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's like... I, I mean, I wasn't expecting it. It's just yeah. all of a sudden, he just jab, jabs him and... He's like, I'm a badass. Stick him at the pointy end. I'm in the lead. And he, like, goes up <laughs> and just... You don't even get to come in. <laughs> Jeez. That was a fun one. I like it. Yeah. I was it was it was really funny. Yeah. For sure. So I appreciate it. Well, you ready to move on? Yeah. Oh, what do you got for us? Oh, uh, let's see. This week I have one called The Game. I like it. Short to the point. No colons. Yeah. Oh, trust me, there are plenty of other options. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you give us one alternate title? I'll give you a few. I'll give you a few. Okay. All right. So a couple alternate titles were Spectral Nightmares, The Haunting of All Hallows' Eve. Solid. Another, Halloween's Malevolent Game, A Night of Unrelenting Horror. <laughs> Lengthy. One more. Echoes of Dread, The Halloween Party That Summoned Nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> too much <laughs> then, then one it was just Halloween's nightmare game <laughs> <laughs> so I chose to just title it the game if you if you push chat GPT too far it does start to feel like Mad Libs yeah you know like it's just filling in new new yeah. synonyms and yeah it's like have a new idea don't just reword right. it you know yeah well, I didn't give a shit. It was just giving me all shitty titles. 
I like the game. That's solid. Yeah. I like also, it. I a great movie about hunting human beings. That it is. Fucking stellar movie. All right. You ready? I'm so ready. Okay. Lay it on me. The game. The old Victorian mansion loomed like a shadowy sentinel against the backdrop of a moonlit Halloween night. Its decrepit facade was shrouded in legends of horror, whispered about in hushed tones throughout the town. Its sinister reputation had drawn thrill-seekers and ghost-hunters for years. But tonight, it would become the setting for a nightmare unlike any other. Inside the mansion, the air was thick with anticipation. A group of seven friends had gathered, dressed in elaborate costumes that ranged from ghouls to monsters to witches. It was their annual tradition to host a Halloween party in a different eerie location each year. What a fucking cool idea. Right, that is a cool idea. Like, you might get arrested. You might. That's part of the fun, though, right? Yeah, that's, that's a super cool idea, though, to, like, to have it in a different, a different location every year. I like that. And not only a different location, but a different eerie location each year. Yeah, of course. And this time, they had chosen the infamous mansion. In the dimly lit foyer, they huddled together, clutching their cocktails and nervously stealing glances at the imposing surroundings. James, a tall man with a devilish grin, raised his glass high, commanding everyone's attention. Ladies and gentlemen, he announced with a theatrical flourish, tonight we shall embark on a game unlike any other, a game that will test our courage, our wits, and perhaps our very souls. My story also had a dimly lit foyer that it did (laughs) i wonder if the game they're gonna play is confront your deepest fears (laughs) (laughs) these might be actually the same just slightly different better not be a kid with glasses in there because you know you're just gonna have to wait to find out all right let's hear it the group exchanged uneasy glances but their curiosity got the better of them Sarah, dressed as a sinister porcelain doll, asked, What kind of game, James? It's called The Haunting, James replied, his eyes gleaming with mischief. Legend has it that this house is haunted by a malevolent spirit, and we're going to summon it. We'll need a few things. Candles, a mirror, and a story. Fucking classic seance. I'm into it. I like this. A chill swept through the room as James continued. The legend says that once, a group of revelers held a Halloween party in this very mansion. They decided to play a game. A game meant to test their bravery. But they had no idea what they were getting into. They gathered around a mirror, lit candles, and began to tell ghost stories. The more terrifying the tale, the stronger the spirit became. And when the last candle was extinguished, it was said that the spirit was set free. Is this going to be a ghost story-ception? It very well might be. Are there going to be ghost stories inside this ghost story? (laughs) Yeah. I'm fucking hyped, actually. 
All right. All cool. Right. Let's get into it. Sarah's painted lips curled into a skeptical smile. Sounds like a load of nonsense, James. Ah, but that's the fun part, Sarah, James replied. The legend also says that the spirit would haunt those who summoned it, playing on their deepest fears. Oh, shit. Not. (laughs) Not again. It would make their worst nightmares come to life. Like all the books. God damn it. (laughs) So tonight, we're going to put that legend to the test. With the sense of trepidation, the group gathered around the large, ornate mirror in the grand living room. They lit candles and positioned them in a circle around the mirror. The flickering flames cast eerie shadows on the walls, heightening the tension in the room. James took a deep breath and began the the first story. Once, in this very mansion, a family lived. As most families do. They were wealthy, but reclusive, rarely seen in town. One day, they vanished without a trace, leaving their home to rot. It said they were taken by the spirit we're about to summon. I must say, if I were wealthy, I would also be reclusive. Uh, yeah, why not, right? Just saying, yeah. yeah. And fucking Amazon drone deliveries. Why do you need human beings? Yeah. <laughs> The group listened intently, the atmosphere growing more oppressive with each word. As James spoke, strange things began to happen. Shadows danced in the corners of the room, and the temperature plummeted. Sarah shivered and continued the story. The family left behind a diary, filled with the horrors they experienced. They wrote of whispers in the night, cold hands reaching out from the darkness, and the feeling of being watched, always watched. The mirror seemed to ripple as if reflecting a distorted reality. Unseen eyes bore into them, and uneasy whispers filled the air. You know, we hear this a lot in in real-life hauntings, right? Like the the feeling of being watched all the time, right? Always watched. I feel like it's something that we sort of like just take, you know, take it at its face value when we hear it. But how right. fucking terrible would it be to feel like that all the time in your own home? Yeah, that'd be rough. I would that would that would be awful. I feel like that's way more stressful than we give it credit for. You know what I mean? That would be fucking terrible. You're always like looking over your shoulder or yeah, glancing around the corner. Just I mean, constant anxiety. You know, I do that sometimes. I mean, I get that like, feeling get up every in the middle once of the night while. to like take a piss, and I'll like open up my bedroom door and look down both sides of my hallway before I walk out. Do you? I really do, actually. Yeah, I don't. I don't do that, but every once you in a while, who's going to be there? <laughs> I don't. know, Maybe I'm just an optimist, but I feel like <laughs> I have a pretty good idea of who's in my house most of the time. But like, I do every once in a while. I get this. I get it more when I'm outside. I get that feel like I'll look back over my shoulder because I'll feel like someone's watching me. Really? I don't get it so much outside. Yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I mean, do you... A question that might be related. Do you tend toward claustrophobia? 
Um, in really tight, like really tight settings. Yeah, yeah, but not like, not overly terrible. I mean, like I've I've watched videos of people like climbing down tunnels and stuff that are really tight, and I could never do anything like that, like through caverns. Yeah, like those, I've oh, never fuck those. Uh, those the idea of getting me stuck, uh huh, and never being able to get back out, like that's that's terrible. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. So yeah, but like, do you do you feel anxiety in like a crowded elevator? I mean, yeah, I hate being in a crowded elevator. Yeah, that's that is one thing. I I just don't like all the breathing on me. Sure, <laughs> that's fair. That's totally all the fair. body heat that radiates off of people. Yeah, yeah. Would you be like not to mention like I I like good smells and a lot of people just don't smell good. Yeah, I'm not one of those people. That's I always smell damn good. Just saying. (laughs) See, I I ask that because I tend toward agoraphobia of the two. Yeah, like that's fair. I'm way less comfortable in like big open spaces because they feel unpredictable to me. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, I I get that. I I. I don't know. I tend to like large open spaces and I like crowds. I really do. I just, I I like to also kind of maintain my distance from, you know, from most people. Yeah. Um, you know, but like if I'm at a show, I prefer to be up front. Really? Like deep in the crowd. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I definitely did when I was like in my early twenties. Right. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I haven't been to a show in like, years and years and years and years now at this point that's fair so i don't really know what i would i imagine i would like to stand as far away from the stage and the crowd as possible i'm always also one of those guys that like i stand i always get like i don't know whenever there's like a pit or people dancing and stuff Uh i always get to be one of the ones to you know hold my elbow out and (laughs) you know control it like guard people yeah so it's it's just always been the thing that i've done at shows like yeah and i still do it today you know so yeah yeah. my favorite position for a show is at home (laughs) (laughs) so as far away as i can get see that's not very fun i know i'm not i still like going to shows (laughs) and you know doing stuff like that though i don't like loud stuff Actually, the last the last one I was at was the early November show, and that was a rowdy one. Yeah, and yeah, I got to just do one of those. And yeah. I danced, of course, but you know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I ruined myself for shows. I think you did. Yeah, I'm. I can't do them anymore. Too many years standing in front of a fucking guitar amp or bass amp. I mean um, that my my hearing is going to be shot to shit when I'm older because of playing music forever. Like, yeah, I already have like one ear that's better than the other. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Like, it's a little bit quieter in the other one. Interesting. So, like when I'm mixing, I really have to focus on it. Yeah. Anyhow, you ready to continue? <laughs> yeah. Sorry. All right. The next person in line, Mark, dressed as a mummy, took up the narrative. As the days passed, the family's sanity crumbled. They heard footsteps in empty hallways, and their sleep was plagued by ghastly nightmares. They grew desperate to escape this house, but it wouldn't let them go. I'm just understanding the premise of what they're doing here. They're They're taking turns. Yeah, they're playing an improv game where they're continuing the same story. Right. Okay. Yeah. 
because it. I thought you said Sarah first, told started, the last then part. Sarah, right? Yeah. yeah, but I I didn't know if like it was you misspoke or if like I heard it wrong or, but now okay, I got it now. Yep. Okay. The candles flickered wildly, and a faint ghostly figure appeared in the mirror. The group gasped in unison, their faces pale. James, undeterred by the chilling apparition, continued. One by one, the family members disappeared leaving only one terrified child behind. The spirit tormented the child relentlessly, whispering promises of release from this living nightmare. But in the end, it took the child too. As he finished, the figure in the mirror grew more distant, its hollow eyes fixated on them. The room seemed to breathe with the sinister presence and the temperature dropped further making their breath visible in the icy air. Stephanie, dressed as a wicked witch, couldn't contain her fear any longer. James, this isn't right. We need to stop this. But James was unrelenting, his voice tinged with excitement. We can't stop now. We have to finish the game. One more story, and then we'll blow out the candles. Reluctantly, the group agreed to press on, their nerves fraying with each passing moment. Andrew, dressed as a werewolf, took a deep breath and began. The last family member, driven to madness, penned a final entry in the diary. They wrote of a malevolent presence, of a darkness that consumed them, and then they wrote of the mirror itself, claiming... It was the gateway to the spirit's realm. As Andrew spoke those words, the mirror seemed to pulse with the malevolent energy. It crackled with dark electricity, and the room echoed with a light, menacing growl. James, his voice trembling, said, Now everyone, on the count of three, will blow out the candles together, and the spirit will be released. The group exchanged uneasy glances, but they nodded in agreement. As James began the countdown, fear hung in the air like a heavy fog. On three, they extinguished the candles simultaneously. The room plunged into darkness and a bone-chilling scream tore through the silence. It was Sarah, her voice filled with terror. In the pitch-black room, they fumbled for their phones, turning on the flashlight function. The mirror, once a gateway to the spirit's realm, now reflected a nightmarish scene. The ghostly figure from before had materialized in the room, its form twisted and grotesque. It let out a haunting, echoing laugh that sent shivers down their spines. As the group's flashlights illuminated the room, they realized, with horror, that they were not alone. The mansion's walls seemed to bleed, oozing thick black liquid that pooled at their feet, and from that pool of darkness emerged grotesque, writhing shapes, horrors from their deepest nightmares given life. A tentacled monstrosity reached out, lashing at Mark and dragging him into the inky abyss. His screams echoed through the mansion, followed by a sickening crunch that sent waves of nausea through the group. Love it. Right? <laughs> I love a sickening crunch. It's the <laughs> we best. We can only guy. assume what happened. Yeah. 
Fucking Mark is no more. Mark is out. (laughs) Panicked and trembling, Stephanie muttered, We have to get out of here. But escape seemed impossible. The mansion had become a nightmarish labyrinth, its walls shifting and closing in on them. The malevolent spirit now fully unleashed whispered dread into their minds, turning their own fears against them. As they fought for their lives in the suffocating darkness, the horrifying truth dawned on them. This Halloween party had become a deadly game, and the mansion itself was the enemy. They were trapped in a nightmare from which there might be no escape, and the malevolent spirit reveled in their terror, feeding on their fears with a sadistic delight. The question is, will they find the, uh... The books? The carousel. Ah, they might. Are they going to find the carousel? In the labyrinthian horror? Right. The night was far from over, and the horrors that awaited them in the haunted mansion were beyond anything they could have imagined. In the suffocating darkness of the haunted mansion... The group's frantic breaths echoed like a morbid chorus. The malevolent spirit, unleashed by their ill-fated game, reveled in their terror, and the very walls seemed to conspire against them. I like morbid chorus. Right? That's cool. That's pretty good. It's a nice break from cacophony. Yeah. (laughs) Stephanie clutched her witch's hat, her fingers trembling. We have to stick together. We can't let fear divide us. Her words barely had time to register before the room shifted, separating the group into pairs, each swallowed by a different corridor. Panic surged as they realized their predicament. Classic narrative device. Break it down into pairs so you can jump from pair to pair. Yep. I like it. James and Sarah, their breath visible in the cold, were thrust into a corridor of endless mirrors, each reflecting their horrified expressions. The malevolent spirit toyed with them, distorting their reflections until their own images became monstrous parodies of themselves. Sarah, we have to find a way out of this nightmare, James said, his voice trembling. Sarah nodded, but as they stumbled forward, The reflections in the mirrors whispered to them, their voices dripping with malice. You'll never escape, they hissed. This is your eternal torment. As they navigated the labyrinth of mirrors, they encountered grotesque versions of themselves in the glass. Twisted, contorted figures with lifeless eyes and gaping mouths. The malevolent spirit delighted in their confusion and despair its sinister laughter echoing through the corridor. Meanwhile, Andrew and Stephanie found themselves in the room that defied the laws of physics. The walls twisted and contorted, creating a sense of vertigo that threatened to consume them. Andrew's werewolf costume began to change, his hands elongating into claws, his teeth sharpening into fangs. Shit. I like this. Yeah. Yeah, I like where this is going. Stephanie watched in horror as Andrew's transformation into a real-life werewolf unfolded before her eyes. No, 
This can't be happening, she screamed. Andrew, now a monstrous creature, lunged at her with unnatural speed. Eat her, eat her, eat her, eat her. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for it, actually. Dude, me too. Stephanie barely managed to dodge his attack, stumbling backward and crashing into a wall that seemed to pulse with malevolence. Desperation fueled her survival instinct, and she reached into her witch's costume, pulling out a small vial of glowing liquid. With trembling hands, she flung it at the wall, causing a burst of blinding light. The room let out an agonized shriek, and when the light subsided, Andrew was human once more, dazed and confused. Lamb. Lamb. Right? Lamb. Yeah. That's a bummer. Fuck her survival instinct. He should right? have eaten her. She, also, she, what the fuck? She has like a Batman utility belt hidden in her fucking hat. She's she a has witch. Like light bombs. She's a witch. Don't all witches have those? So he turned into a real werewolf. She turned into a real witch. She turned into a real witch. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> he should have just eaten her. Yeah, I wish he would have. One last mouth to feed for them all. <laughs> And her parents. And her parents, exactly. (laughs) So when, when? Their ordeal was far from over, but for a brief moment, Stephanie's quick thinking had saved her from the clutches of the malevolent spirit. In another part of the mansion, Lisa and David, dressed as a zombie couple, stumbled upon a room filled with grotesque mannequins. These life-sized figures had eerily realistic faces, frozen in expressions of agony and despair. The room's ceiling seemed to lower, threatening to crush them. This is going to turn into like a weeping angel sort of thing. Or like the very first episode of Doctor Who with the mannequins. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. yep, exactly. Which are sort of like proto-weeping angels. Yeah. As the ceiling descended, Lisa and David realized that the mannequins were not inanimate objects. They were trapped souls, cursed to inhabit these grotesque forms for eternity. I can't tell if your uh, adjective is grotesque or malevolent. Right? Because they're that's both a, all over this good, fucking story. a good story. bit of both of these. Like, hey, chat GPT, sometimes no adjective is okay. Right. Lisa's heart sank as she recognized one of the mannequins. Its face bore a striking resemblance to her own. Librarian. Oh. Sorry. (laughs) Her own. Her own, unfortunately. With mounting horror, they understood the true nature of the malevolent spirit's game. It fed on their fears, twisting their nightmares into grotesque reality. And the more terrified they became... The stronger it grew. And grotesquer. Grotesquery. <laughs> <laughs> Back in the mirror corridor, James and Sarah stumbled upon a peculiar mirror at the end of the labyrinth. Unlike the others, this one seemed pristine, untouched by the malevolent spirit's influence. It reflected their images as they truly were. This mirror, she said, her voice trembling. It's our way out. We have to break it. That that's that would have been my thought too. Yeah. 
We can yeah. see ourselves perfectly fine, so we must break this one. <laughs> exactly. Let's destroy the one good thing in this room. <laughs> Wait, first I gotta check. I gotta check out my makeup. That's what. I- oh, God damn it! I was gonna make that joke too. Her eye makeup's probably a mess. Probably. With determination, they retrieved a nearby chair and smashed it against the mirror. There are chairs in the mirror hallway. Apparently. I don't. Okay. So why didn't they break any of them till now? Yeah, yeah. Solid question. Yeah. Never That's a mention a of furniture in the mirror hallway. Yep. Just okay. So with determination, they retrieved a nearby chair and smashed it against the mirror. Shards of glass exploded into the corridor, and for a moment, the malevolent spirit's presence seemed to wane. The group's fragmented consciousness began to merge, their individual ordeals intertwining into a collective nightmare. They reunited in a room that defied all logic, an endless void filled with swirling darkness. Their once playful Halloween party had become a nightmarish battleground, and the malevolent spirit, now a towering, shadowy figure, materialized before them. Hey, quick question. So, not to nitpick, (laughs) but in a void, how could you determine the swirling darkness? Like, how, how do you determine movement in a void? So I assume it's, it's like a darkened void, maybe with like some purple swirlies that just kind of zoom out into uh, nowhere. So not a void. Still a void because they don't know where it goes out to nowhere. Right, but void means nothing. Right. Nothing. But in this case, I mean, it means an empty pit of nothingness. I think, I think maybe if... With some swirly shit. If it appears to be a void to them, but we're getting, we have an omnipotent narrator who is aware that the darkness is swirling, despite the fact that the characters see a void. Right. There we go. Yeah, that one. Uh, Okay. Okay. I can buy that. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) (laughs) Its hollow eyes bore into their souls, and its voice echoed like a chorus of tormented souls. (laughs) Double souls, chat GPT. I'm not even going <laughs> to mess with it. Okay. You summoned me, it hissed. And now you shall be my playthings for all eternity. Fear and desperation welled up within them. But they refused to surrender to the malevolent spirit's torment. With newfound resolve, they reached into the depths of their courage each drawing upon their unique strengths. Stephanie chanted incantations from her witch's costume. (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm going to need you to say that again. Yeah, I'm going to say it one more time. It's still going to sound the same. Stephanie chanted incantations from her witch's costume. Fuck off. They just come written on the inside of the fucking yeah, polyester she, sleeve. She made sure before before she was done, she just embroidered all these random incantations just in case. Okay, so the the boys turned into a real werewolf. She's turned into a real witch. But he's changed back. She should have been too. She doesn't have any witch's power anymore. These incantations give her power. The ones written on the inside of her costume. Of her from, witch's costume. From Spirit yes. Halloween. Yeah. 
Well, see, I mean, those are starting points. Those costumes. You're not supposed to wear those costumes. This is, Ryan, this is worse than the chair in the mirror hallway. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's see what happens next. Okay. Conjuring protective barriers that held the spirit at bay. David and Lisa used their love for each other as a shield against the malevolent force, (laughs) refusing to be torn apart. (laughs) We love each other so much, nothing can come in between us. I feel like there's some some missing and much needed character development with the zombie couple that we did not get. We really didn't get anything for them. No. Other than they were dressed up as a zombie couple. Yeah. And then they were thrown out, like, no no intro, anything. No. Just they the just, word couple was used in reference to them. Yeah, they they just got thrown into this story. So. They're just supposed to know that they're, you know, they have this unbreakable bond. Yeah, they have yeah. this love. This yeah, love course. is just, it's, it's, it's unbreakable. Yeah. It, yeah. I mean, what's a malevolent spirit to do in the face of such love? <laughs> <laughs> in this case, not a whole lot. We'll see. I hope they all die. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope so too, because at this point, I don't, I don't like any of these people. <laughs> Andrew's newfound strength, born of his werewolf transformation, enabled him to tackle the malevolent spirit head on. James and Sarah's unity shattered the mirrors of the spirit's deception, revealing the truth of their own resilience. As their collective determination grew, the malevolent spirit wailed in agony, its form contorting and dissipating into nothingness. With one final bone-chilling scream, it vanished, leaving the void in shambles. Exhausted and shaken, the group found themselves back in the mansion's grand living room. The malevolent spirit had been defeated and the horrors that they had endured were fading like distant nightmares. The mansion itself seemed to sigh in relief, its malevolence dissipating. Thank God. (laughs) They stumbled out of the haunted mansion, their costumes and tatters, their hearts heavy with the memories of the night's horrors. But they had survived, and the malevolent spirit had been banished once more. As they emerged into the crisp Halloween night, they looked at each other with a newfound appreciation for the strength that they had found within themselves. The haunted mansion had tested their courage and resilience, and they had emerged from the darkness as survivors. But the legend of the malevolent spirit would live on, a cautionary tale told in hushed tones on future Halloween nights. And the memory of that fateful Halloween party, where terror and bravery collided, would forever haunt their dreams. And they all lived happily ever after, never again thinking of their friend Mark, who was crushed to death by a Lovecraftian horror. (laughs) (laughs) They didn't give a fuck about Mark. Not a single mention of him in Just the wrap-up. crunch up. and nothing else. Yeah. That's, man, that had so much potential. <laughs> you know, 
you usually you usually end up with the great stories in these in the in these episodes. That is by far the cheesiest story you've ever had for one of these. It really like started strong. Like it did. I, I was started I was very pumped. strong. It started strong. Yeah. But real just shit ass finish. Yeah. It got real cheesy in the end. Like ugh, I don't I don't know. You know? Just I think and we've talked about this before, but I think we're really butting up against a limitation, a serious limitation for Chat GPT. Yeah. Which is I don't think it'll ever understand that some horror stories are just supposed to be horrific. Right. Like it doesn't need to yeah. be like an inspiring transformation of a character that it never bothered to make us like in the first place. You know what I mean? Right, right. And I even I even said allow at least one or some of the main characters to die. Yeah, well one did. One, if you count one, Mark as a main character. He just became just a snack yeah well we both had one good kill scene one good death because i mean crushed to death by lovecraftian <laughs> horror is a cool way to go for sure it was a cool way to put it but it also doesn't didn't say anything else about it so it's like yeah left to interpretation of what actually happened or yeah just imagining that crunch and just yeah every bone cool. in the body shattering and the like the walls bleed and it pools on the floor and that's where the yeah. tentacle comes from that's pretty cool right that's pretty visual yeah. and striking yeah um, that's true that's true that's a solid a solid kill scene for sure yeah all right i mean it is what it is you can't win them all you know it's a cool premise it but, should be uh, written by a human being and it would be much better yeah that premise worked through by a person. Just wait until we have all these in a book. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> For sure. Then somebody can read and be like, this had a really strong start. Pulled out at the finish. Yep, pulled right out. <laughs> Didn't even get to finish properly. Well, the next time we release an episode, it will officially be October. That it will. Yep. So this is our official entry into actual spooky season, October. Um we're going to have tons of cool shit this month. We're going to have cool shit. Um, Campfire Classics collection oh, yeah. episodes dropping every week. We're going to have every week. Do you want to do you want to uh, discuss the theme for our main episodes this month? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, have we I was going to say, I, haven't, I don't know if we've actually we, I think we talked about it on a Patreon episode or something, but yeah. Which, if you're listening, go and check us out on patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. Absolutely. There's a tier for everyone. If you like bonus content, you like more stories, you just want to know what we do in our day-to-day lives, patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. You'll also find some discounts to use in our online store. Again, patreon.com forward slash campfire tales of the strange and unsettling. Nailed it. (laughs) Back to our scheduled programming. So yeah, our theme this month for our main episodes is urban legends we're going to be covering a different urban legend each each tuesday in october except the final tuesday is actually halloween so kind of weird that that actually falls yeah proper this year yeah um and we're going to be doing a giant massive crazy halloween extravaganza episode as always on halloween yeah we're still still figuring out the fine deets for it but uh 
We'll get there. We'll get there soon. We definitely want listener stories. Send us some listener stories. Like, even if you want to send us like part of a story and you want us to build on it, we'll, we'll do it. Sure. You know, like, I mean, send, if it's a real life encounter you had, if it's a short story you wrote, it doesn't matter. Nonfiction, fiction, any of it, just spooky and send it. That's all. You have a Our goal fucking, is to collect about 25 of them. Yeah. And uh, we'll parse through. Either tell the best ones, or if they're short enough, we can tell them all. Yeah. If you're working on a you fucking know. Halloween poem, send it. Do I'll it. read that shit. He will read it with grit and heart. Ten- tenacity. And tenacity. <laughs> <laughs> that seems like the natural pair to grit. Facts, for me. people. Facts. <laughs> That's right. Um, but yeah, send send in your stories for sure. Because we want to do that. We're going to do some other things too and keep it super fun. It's going to be a, a big giant episode. After you go trick-or-treating or toilet papering or take your kids trick-or-treating or whatever you fucking do on Halloween, you can chill, put your feet up with a bowl of candy in your lap and listen to us for an indetermined amount of time. <laughs> yes those episodes are always so long so we also uh are planning to try and do at some point a uh horror movie watch yes like a watch watch along watch together however you want to watch party there it is at least at least once or twice this month so we'll be posting on socials about it yep um we'll probably host it on discord so we'll make sure everybody has links you can even Join along, even if you don't use Discord, just by joining the link on whatever browser you use, or even on your phone. So, you're yeah. welcome to join on, join along, listen, chat, whatever that'll be super fun. you want to do. Yeah, so that'll be a good time. Yeah, I think that wraps up Friday Night Fright 15.